WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart. For 23 years, you could open up the film section of the New York Times and find out what critic A.O. Scott thought about the latest blockbuster or auteur film or Korean drama. Many of us relied on Tony, as he's known to friends and colleagues, because this is my view. He could see a movie for what it was, not what he wanted it to be or anticipated it would be. But all good things must come to an end. Last week, it was announced that Tony will be leaving his position as chief film critic at the Times and head to the book review to start a new chapter as a book critic. It's a new old chapter. He actually started his career at the New York Book Review. Since 2000, Tony has reviewed more than 2,200 films and awarded critics picks to now classics like Almost Famous, Moonlight, and Juno. He's also received, you know, some audience feedback, shall we say, including some overeager fans who were frustrated when Tony left everything everywhere all at once off his list for best films of the year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the highs and the lows. But whether you agree with his opinions or not, I'm sure everyone will be listening. When listening, will agree that his voice will be missed in the world of film criticism. Join me now in studio is New York Times film critic. I can still say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is A.O. Scott. Tony, thanks for coming in. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Allison. What questions do you have for A.O. Scott listeners about his time as a New York Times film critic? Maybe he turned you on to a movie you might not have seen. What's an A.O. Scott review that particularly is memorable for you? Maybe you want to know what what being a film critic is like or what you miss about his film reviews. Our phone lines are open. 212-433-9692. 212-433-WNYC or hit us up on social media at all of it WNYC for Tony Scott's exit interview. Um, on the Times website, it says that you dreamed of being a rock critic, but you accidentally became a film critic. <laughs> how does one accidentally become a film critic? Well, it was funny how it happened. Um, I, I did grow up, you know, reading criticism and especially reading the the great rock critics in in Rolling Stone and Cream and other mm-hmm. magazines in the um, in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I was uh, kind of knocking around doing freelance book reviewing and some other cultural criticism. And um, I'd always been interested in movies, but I, I had I didn't really have a, a plan or an agenda. Um, and I got a call out of the blue one day from the uh, culture editor at the time at the New York Times, um, John Darton, um, asking me, you know, long story short, if I would be interested in applying for a job as film critic. 
there. Um, I thought, well, that's a strange idea, but I'm not going to say <laughs> no. I'm not going to say no. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen, but it's 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 nice to think. Of, you know, it's nice of them to think of me um, and and at least consider me, and maybe someday uh, it will happen. And then, next thing I knew. Um, there I was. It was the the you know fall of 1999, and uh, you know I had this um, this new job that I was uh, profoundly unqualified to do. <laughs> so um, I I went out there and started uh, learning as I went. And and 23 years later, um, I probably still you know don't know what I'm doing, but but I faked it for long enough. The first film you ever reviewed for the Times in 2000, it was for a a like a heartwarming comedy, My Dog Skip. And the review had this title, Fetch Boy, Fetch the Wisdom of the Ages, Good Boy. Uh, do you remember this film? I remember this film more vividly probably than than movies I saw last week because um, <laughs> I was absolutely terrified. It's not a scary movie, but it was certainly the most terrifying movie-going experience of my life because I was sitting there um, in the screening room. I brought my wife with me for, for moral support um, and, you know, furiously taking notes and uh, – um, I think I probably worked harder on those 600 words. You know, they went through more drafts and 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 more research. Um, but I do remember the movie. I remember uh, it was based on the memoir by Willie Morris um, about growing up in in Mississippi with his cute little uh, dog, um, Jack Russell Terrier, I believe, uh, named Skip. And oddly, it had. Kevin Bacon in it as as and and Frankie Muniz who was then on Malcolm in the Middle um, a, a, a child star um, of the moment and uh, it was kind of all over the place it's sort of a movie that they don't really make them like that anymore because it was just a live action kids movie with with some name actors in it um, and and a dog who drives a truck and a dog yeah who who drives a truck and and eats bologna you know <laughs> let's listen to a little bit of the trailer okay. of my dog Skip. Warner Brothers Family Entertainment invites you to meet one boy's champion and everyone's hero. My dog Skip. He's drinking out of a toilet there, by the way. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> oh, that's Skip. Oh, that's Skip. Let's talk to Farley calling in from Toronto. Hi, Farley. Thanks for calling all of it. Thank you very much, and uh, good afternoon to both of you. Uh, I'm a, a big A.O. Scott fan, and uh, uh, when I heard that he was going to be on, I dusted off my uh, copy of Better Living Through Criticism. Maybe right. you recall writing that book not so long ago. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, was, uh, I, I remember having read um, that you, you didn't like the movie Avengers. And... Uh, I really can't say anything about it because I didn't see the movie, but uh, I understand you really didn't like it. Um, in the course of uh, your uh, discussion of it in the book, um, you, uh, you say something uh, like, no, I'll actually quote you. You say anti-intellectualism is virtually our civic religion. I'm sorry to drag out this, uh, this skeleton, yeah. perhaps. Perhaps you regard it <laughs> as a skeleton. Um, but I'm just wondering... Uh, how that way of thinking and looking at uh, uh, a piece of art, whether it be a movie or or now a book, will uh, h- how will that play out? 
But I'm going to dive in here. I'm going to let you answer the question. <laughs> How will this play out into your new beat, this idea? Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for reading uh, my, my book. I, I knew there was someone out there who must have, <laughs> have read it. Um, but it's called Better Living Through Criticism, and it's available at, at bookstores ever. Probably not, actually. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was a book that I wrote kind of to clarify for myself and for readers just what criticism was all about. Um, and... Uh, I think that one of the things that criticism is about is trying to think about um, stuff out in the world, whether it's movies or music or other works of art, um, that people don't always want to think about and that sometimes we're discouraged from thinking about. Mm -hmm. And he's referring to the the Avengers and a rather famous at the time argument that I got into with Samuel L. Jackson um, about the Avengers, um, since he and many Avengers fans uh, took issue with my... um, uh, review of it, and and part of the pushback from the fans was like, well, this is just a movie. Don't don't think about it too much. Don't overthink it. Why do you have to? Why do you have to get all intellectual about it? And I thought, well, that's a kind of an important thing to do. Mm-hmm. These 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 movies um, cost a lot of money to make, demand a lot of our attention and and money um, at the box office and on 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 streaming. And why shouldn't we think about them? Why shouldn't we look at them skeptically? Why shouldn't we have a conversation about them that takes them and that takes our experience with them somewhat seriously? And they're exported around the world. Yeah, no, they develop it, ideas about other kinds of people from the movies that they see. Exactly, and they, and they they they're a kind of a collective mythology that we that we all participate in. So we should um, you know think a little bit about what's going on and what what kinds of stories are being told us. Tony, what's changed the most about film criticism in the past two decades? There are a lot of things. I was thinking, um, you know, kind of looking back on the on the my dog Skip <laughs> days. <laughs> There are certain words that we use now all the time that did not exist um, when I started. Streaming platform um, was was one of them. Cinematic universe, um, speaking of the Avengers, mm-hmm. um, was another. And another was social media. Um, and those things have all changed film criticism quite a lot. Um, that, you know, for one thing now, um, especially right now and, and in the wake of the, the, the pandemic, but even before that, there was a sort of a shift away from going to the movies as the way that you saw movies to streaming, to this new way of, of mm-hmm. watching the movies the way that you watch television, the way that you do your email, the way that that, that you participate in social media. Um, and there's also been, I think, the rise of uh, this kind of IP-driven um, form of blockbuster entertainment that brings with it a very intense fandom that expresses itself on social media. And I think that that has really changed. Um, mm. the, 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 the sense that every movie um, has, you mentioned every, everything everywhere all at once and, and the fans on social media, every movie has potentially, especially mm. a big commercial movie, has potentially a lot of fans who, if you're a critic writing about it, you will hear from. <laughs> um, and sometimes not in the, in the friendliest way. Yeah. Let's talk to Peter from the Upper West Side who has a question for you. Hi, Peter. What's your question for A.O. Scott? Hi. Yes. Um, You know, I have a podcast where I talk to actors, so I I go to a lot of press screenings now, and I'm always uh, feeling bad for for critics in there because I know when the lights go down, they they have to start working, and and, (laughs) and they have their – some of them have their pads out, and and they're writing right away. And I've always thought, like, this is so – so troubling to me, both of because I'm I'm kind of feel bad for them, but also 
just the idea of having your mind go in that way uh, right off the bat instead of taking in the movie. I, 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 w- I, wanted, I wanted to know how you dealt with that idea of of trusting yourself that you're taking in the movie uh, like kind of properly before you start writing. And also, like, are you someone that writes in the press screening? Uh, yeah, I always have a, a, a notebook with me, um, but I'm not writing my review. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm writing notes since I I generally only get to see the thing once. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm taking notes so I don't make mistakes. I'm writing you know lines of dialogue. I'm writing very sometimes very impressionistically, and so sometimes I'll go back um, to my notes and I'll just see you know like the word blue um, huh. or 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 you know hard cut or something like that. Um, and usually I, I'm writing more even than, than, than to take notes to keep my attention from wandering the way that you would write, um, you know, lecture notes in class so that I make sure that I'm giving the movie my full attention um, and not thinking about, you know, um, work or, mm-hmm. or email or what I'll have for lunch. But I also don't think that being a critic or watching a movie in that way prevents you from taking it in. I would say every critic walks into the screening room and sits down with the expectation and the discipline of letting the movie be what it's going to be and taking it in as it is and not prejudging it and not being too quick to form an opinion of it and letting it happen. The skill, I would say, that you have to learn as a critic, since you're only probably going to see it once, is to, in a way, see it twice at the same time so that you're seeing it Mm -hmm. through the eyes of anyone who's going into the movies and just having the experience and also, at the same time, analyzing that experience so that you'll have something to say, something useful to write about it when you leave the screening room. How did you know it was time to leave this this post, this (laughs) sort of dream post? It was a dream post, and and I, I always thought that I wanted to leave kind of while I still felt like it was fresh and exciting um, and I was still kind of at the top of my game. I did not want um, to become sort of bitter and cranky and Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to get stale and I didn't want to be one of these people who's always talking about, well, back in the old days, you know, they they don't make them like my dog Skip anymore. (laughs) Um, And I I had found too that – you know, in the last few years, my my interests were gravitating back toward literature and toward books, and I wanted to to try to write um, about different topics and to 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 write in different, sometimes longer forms um, than just the 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 review. And I felt like, you know, the 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 weekly treadmill of of reviewing two or three, sometimes mm-hmm. four or five movies a week um, over all that time. Uh, it it can be limiting, and I, and I found that as I wanted to 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 sort of branch out and to expand and to um, to test out new or or long atrophied muscles as a writer and a critic, that that's what was getting in the way. That that mm. that just you know having something to say about every new movie or or so many new movies that 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 came out, and I thought. Um, maybe it's time to you know to let someone else uh, do that. It's a it's a it's a wonderful job also, and I don't think it's fair you know to hog it up for too long. Will you just go to the movies now? <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the movies. I'm I'm not going to stop. Go, I, I'll still have opinions about movies, but you know no 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 one <laughs> will care. Yelling them on the subway. <laughs> right, that's right. No one will listen to me. Um, and when this is a silly question, but I'm sure people have it. When did you become A.O. Scott versus Tony Scott? 
Uh, when I first started publishing um, reviews, just freelance reviews, which was back in the in the in the mid nineties, um, and it it was you know there there already was a a, um, a filmmaker named Tony Scott, the, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. late wonderful uh, director Tony Scott, and and um, that the initials AO kind of had been in my family for a while. The 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 family business back in the little town in Ohio where my father and grandfather grew up was called AO Scott and Sons after my great great grandfather. So um, I thought you know let's keep that family name going and apply it uh, to to. Um, to some to something else, and it was also a little bit, uh, you know, a, a byline is kind of a mask. It's mm-hmm. you can hide behind it. You can say, well, you know, I'm just in my daily life. I'm just Tony, and and in the pages of the New York Times, there's this other person called A.O. Scott. Um, and if you have a problem with this movie review, talk to him. A.O. <laughs> Scott is still chief film critic at the New York Times. Very shortly, he will be joining the book review. So you're not going to get rid of us because we do a lot of books on this show. So we will be darkening your doorstep once again. Well, I look forward to that. It'll be great to come back. (laughs) Thanks for taking calls. And thanks for all of the work that you've done. Thank you, Allison. WNYC Studios is brought to you by Z-Biotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com slash WNYC and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off.